Adam Wainwright, and this is the Cap Impact Podcast, a podcast by the Capital Center for Law and Policy at the University of the Pacific McGeorge School of Law in Sacramento, California. On today's show, we're previewing the last month of the California Legislative Session, and to give us that preview, we have Capital Observer, Lobbyist, George Adjunct Professor, and Cap Impact Podcast regular Chris McKaylee with us in studio to go over the biggest issues the legislature has to deal with in the upcoming four weeks. That interview is coming up next. I'll be back with you at the end of today's show to wrap everything up. And we're sitting down with Capital Observer and lobbyist at government affairs firm, Apre McKaylee, Chris McKaylee, to do a quick rundown of the last month of the legislative session. Chris, thanks for joining us today. Thanks for having me, John. So real quickly, how many bills are left for the legislature to look at in this last month of session? Well, by my count, there's uh, just shy of 1,400 bills out of more than 2,800 that were introduced. So about half of them are left. There's roughly uh, 900 in the uh, Senate, which are ABs, assembly bills. And then the remaining uh, 500 or so are SBs. Senate bills in the other house in the state assembly. So obviously not all of those will get down to the governor's desk, but if the past couple of years is any indication, we're looking at about a thousand bills getting down to his desk, give or take. That's no small amount of work to do in... Not in four weeks. No. (laughs) Um, So what are some of the big issues that have been left unresolved for this last month? Well, we uh, definitely had a a couple of uh, big measures, including the consumer data privacy bill that was enacted before they started their month-long recess that concludes in another week. But uh, there's follow-up to that bill. Senator Dodd, a Democrat from uh, Napa, has a cleanup measure to AB 375 by Ed Chow, uh, which is a first-in-the-nation bill. So there's a lot of ambiguity in the law. This bill got a lot of press, particularly because there was a pending ballot measure that had actually qualified for the November ballot. And the author of the ballot measure pulled it on the last possible day because that was the day that the legislature enacted and the governor signed AB 375. Uh, Now, also part of the tech uh, issue out there is Senate Bill 822, on net neutrality, trying to reinstitute the Obama administration net neutrality rules. That's by Senator Scott Weiner, a Democrat from uh, San Francisco. So that'll definitely be a big ticket item that's out there as well. Well, that's an interesting one too, because there was a bill and then it got to an assembly committee and yep. got gutted according to Senator Weiner. And there's a compromise that we're waiting to see. Exactly. Well, in fact, and it started earlier uh, with SB 460 by the then Senate President Pro Tem Kevin DeLeon, which is part of that package that was announced just before session uh, recess. The interesting thing is, is that although uh, Senators Weiner and DeLeon and um, Assemblyman uh, Miguel Santiago, the chair of the Communications and Conveyance Committee, struck a deal Uh, They've refused to uh, publicly uh, produce that language yet. So we're waiting basically until August 7th because the the Senate and Assembly desks don't open until they start session again on Monday, August 6th. And so the bills will be in print the following day. So the public won't see the language until the next day. Okay. Any other kind of big issue bills that are held over? Yeah, there's a number of them. Um, (laughs) 
Well, the there are the perennial, since I'm, uh, as you know, a, generally a business community lobbyist, uh, certainly the remaining job killer bills as tagged by the California Chamber of Commerce are certainly hot topics. Uh, there were about 28 of them that they had identified. We're down to a remaining handful, the main ones being uh, three. Uh, Senate Bill 1284 by Senator Hannabeth Jackson that would create a new private right of action for harassment and discrimination claims. Uh, another bill by Senator Jackson, <laughs> a Democrat <laughs> from Santa Barbara who's the chair of the Senate Judiciary Committee, and that's her SB 1300. I'm sorry, that's the one that creates a new private right of action. SB 1284 by Jackson is uh, aggregation and submission of gender pay data uh, to the state of California. And then the third is uh, an effort on uh, anti-arbitration, uh, AB 3080 by Assemblywoman Lorena Gonzalez-Fletcher, a Democrat from San Diego and chair of the powerful Assembly Appropriations Committee. There's a there's another big topic going on, which is the wildfire liability. Yeah. Now this was announced in early late June or early July before they went on recess that a two house conference committee was going to be created, which they did do before they recessed. Interestingly, it's ten members, five in the assembly and five in the senate under the rules, and they did a rule waiver. It's three assembly members and three state senators. Interesting. Yeah, so there's three Democrats and two Republicans from the assembly side and three and two on the Senate side. Um, and the purpose of this is to look at wildfire liability. Of course, over the recess, as we know well, especially with the uh, smoke outside the building here yeah, in just... Sacramento, we've got fires all over Southern California, particularly Northern California. Lake Berryessa, Redding, Mendocino, Lake Counties, etc. And what the issue here is, is uh, are the utilities uh, basically on the hook themselves uh, for strict liability? Uh, is it a cost that they uh, can pass along to the rate payers or not? Plus, I think a part of this conference committee will be uh, what some people have, have called a, a healthy forest. In other words, the governor and others have proposed a number of statutory and regulatory changes to try to increase the viability of our forests so that they are less likely to uh, catch on fire and have such catastrophic wildfires in the state. So that'll definitely be a hot topic. Uh, they had an informational hearing last week to sort of lay the ground, uh, educate legislators, the LAO, CAL FIRE, and a number of other groups testified, again, just to do some introductory stuff, but they'll start meeting in earnest next week as well. So that's another big topic. Um, there are another uh, issue area. On April 30th, the uh, California Supreme Court issued a Dynamex Operations West decision, okay. which overturned almost 30 years of precedent established by the California Supreme Court on how to classify workers as either employees or independent contractors. And this has been an issue recently, too. I know not necessarily in here, but with like ride sharing groups like Uber and Lyft, that's been an issue for a while. How much is it's this related their, to that? Or Oh, absolutely. It is the basis of their model. Um, so... In 1989, the Cal Supreme Court issued a decision called S.G. Borello and Sons versus the Department of Industrial Relations, which has uh, basically a nine-factor test, give or take. Uh, some have 
view it as a few more factors, some about nine. But anyways, the point is, is that they all are factors for determining how much right of control the employer has over the worker. Okay. And as you would imagine, the more control the employer has, the more likely that individual is deemed an employee versus an independent contractor. The Supreme Court on April 30th in Dynamex decided, we're scrapping that, throw it all away, and we're going with a new ABC test. Now, the ABC test is not unfamiliar because there are a number of states that have variations of it. And they call it ABC because there are basically three prongs, A, B, and C. The problem is, is that uh, the most stringent is in Massachusetts. Mm -hmm. California's is now the most stringent, but that was adopted by the legislature. Here, this was issued by the California Supreme Court, which um, I hearken back to my time here at McGeorge and uh, law professors often said, bad facts make bad law. Well, this was in Dynamex, uh, very briefly, you had a courier company doing same-day deliveries. Okay. And basically, their workers had been employees all this time, and they decided that they were going to flip them all to be independent contractors. And it was one of those bad situations where it was like, sign the contract that says you're an independent contractor or you don't have a job. And so for 10 years, uh, this case was litigated, and basically the Supreme Court on a bad set of facts tossed out Borello and its multi-factor test and said it's this simple ABC. Well, here's the fundamental problem. One, the court did it, not the legislature. So it didn't have the benefit of, it basically interpreted a wage order. These wage orders were adopted more than 15 years ago by the now defunct Industrial Welfare Commission. So they haven't been updated. Okay. Actually, in the last 15 years, we have Uber and Lyft, et cetera. The whole gig economy has sprung yeah. up. And the basis for that is, you know, the freelance economy, folks who want to be workers. In other words, Uber drivers might drive for two hours, or they may have a Saturday afternoon free, get in a little extra money, or they work full time right during the day doing something and decide to drive for a couple of hours in the evenings. Well, in theory, all these people under Dynamics can't be independent contractors anymore because they fail the B prong, which is basically doing the same work as the employer does. And so what are you going to do? Assign people like you have to work the 6 to 12 shift. No, that's not the way yeah. the Uber <laughs> Lyft model works. And so it's a pretty big deal, and we'll have to see whether the legislature wants to tackle it. Basically, the business community is saying, hey, legislature, this is such a seismic shift in the labor law and how to classify workers properly that this should be your jurisdiction. You and the governor should hear the impact of this and decide what is right and what the law should be rather than the court on one set of facts without the benefit of knowing what are the implications of an ABC test against all these other businesses that are out there. Because this affects everybody. I mean, there are even nonprofits like musicians at a, at a music school. Right? Yeah coaches and administrators for like youth soccer programs, all independent contractors. So, I mean, this is a really, really big topic. And as you can imagine, it's uh, one of the proverbial business versus labor yeah. issues. I can see this one maybe being a tough one to work out in one month and maybe this gets... Well, I don't think at this point the business community is looking to create a new test in August. What they're actually pursuing is, hey, let's 
pause that case, basically put it on hold for the next year and give us the next legislative session to see if we can work something out. So that's kind of sort some, of the goal. Kind of something similar to like when Prop 64 password says, this is going to happen in a year. Give us a year to figure stuff out. Exactly. But what it really requires is suspension of the court decision in essence. Okay. Is what it really does. Are there any other issues that you think are going to pop up here in the last month of session that yeah, haven't been I, on the radar before? Yeah, I think there are a couple others that I would just highlight for you. Um, criminal justice reform has often... Uh, been talked about, and there are two interesting bills that are out there. One is a leftover from last year on bail reform, okay. SB 10 by Bob Hertzberg, a Democrat from the San Fernando Valley, um, and he, uh, Assemblyman Rob Bonta, Democrat from Oakland, have been working very diligently the past year. It got close to the finish line last year, and the, um, uh, our Chief Justice weighed in on bail reform. Uh, and the governor and the governor basically asked for, let's not do it this year, which would be last year's session. Yeah. Let's put it over to the second year. So that's coming back. And something that's gotten national attention is AB 931. Uh, Shirley, Dr. Shirley Weber, Democrat from San Diego, is carrying this police use of deadly force and establishing standards. So that's a hot topic. Um, energy, I think. There are two issues out there. Um, a bill left over from last year that got resurrected right before they went on recess, SB 100, Senator De Leon, former okay. pro tem running against Dianne Feinstein for U.S. Senate. Uh, this is on renewable energy mandate for um, by 2045 for the state to be 100% carbon free. So he put it over from last year uh, due to opposition, and now he resurrected it literally at the last minute. And then there's uh, also AB 813, Chris Holden. Democrat from L.A. Uh, the governor is a big proponent of this bill, which is a Western state's power grid operation. Okay, so this would expand it from the grid being just California to like multiple it. states in the Western region. That is absolutely right. And I would just throw out two other issues. Right before the break, that same deadline, we talked at the top mm -hmm. of, the, of the conversation about uh, how the proponents of the uh, AB3, what became AB375, right? The uh, data uh, consumer privacy measure, they dropped their initiative. Mm -hmm. Well, the proponents of a lead paint liability ballot measure also dropped their ballot measure. And three legislators who had bills related to lead paint liability, the manufacturers being liable, um, they dropped, they decided to put over their bills with the idea being in the last month of session these legislators, the lead paint industry, et cetera, would try to negotiate some compromise. Now, as opposed to doing a bill at the same time, they all agree to sit down and try to negotiate. So there's no guarantee that they work out something, but that'll be a hot topic. And I just wanted to mention another one that's gotten a lot of press recently is uh, SB 930, also by Bob Hertzberg, sponsored by uh, candidate for treasurer and BOE member Fiona Ma, who used to okay. be a member of the legislature. And this would allow state banking of cannabis businesses. So there's always been a number of cannabis-related bills, and 2018 is no different. But the big topic is this state banking uh, effort. So we'll see what happens with that and, frankly, whether or not the state can even do it yeah. under the federal banking laws. All right. Well, anyways, <laughs> but there are obviously with 1,400 bills – 
we've only touched the surface, but from yeah, I think my we've perspective, only touched maybe a dozen or right? so. But <laughs> but from my perspective, those are some of the ones that'll be most heavily lobbied. That'll be in the newspapers and and the press will be paying attention to. All right. Well, thank you so much for taking the time to give us the rundown. Thanks for having me, John. Our audio this week was edited by Molly Alcorn. And if you enjoyed today's show, please leave us a five-star review on iTunes or Apple Podcasts and subscribe to the Cap Impact Podcast wherever you get your podcasts. You can also give us feedback on Facebook or Twitter at Cap Impact CA. And you can keep up to speed with all of our written, video, and audio content on our blog. It's www.capimpactca.com. Thanks for listening. Talk to you again next week.